Our next guests are a part of a new project. I mean, we're going to talk all about it, which is really exciting. Brand new song called Swords and Tequila available now where music is sold. And I'm I'm, I'm fully expecting a record from this group because, I mean, come on. Look at the talent we got here. Alongside Mitch LaFon, we've got David Olfson, Jeff Scott Soto, and Quebec, Quebecois royalty, Rick Hughes. There he is, ladies and gentlemen. That is right. Look at that. We've got the whole family here. My so only question is, what is, what is uh, Mitch going to do in the band? <laughs> it's just the tambourine. He's the sexy tambourine player off stage. I'm the hair care specialist. Nobody likes the bass player. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can play bass. How hard can it be? It's only four strings, right? Yeah. What's up, Rick? Well, listen, I, I probably have more right. use than the drummer. So <laughs> there you so, go. There you go. Well, look at this. We got the whole gang here. This is really exciting. I think this is like an exclusive, man. Like I haven't seen the three of you on a Zoom yet, so this is pretty um, cool. This is the very first one. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for doing it. I know it's uh, juggling schedules and everybody's got stuff they're doing. And, and Well, I think so, when uh, Mitch LaFon calls, I, I think you kind of take hey, the when call. When Mitch calls, the world yeah. stops. Come on. That's right. We, yeah, that's right. That's when, well, that's this when is, shit gets real. This is yeah. actually the first time I'm meeting Rick, so this is actually kind of cool because we did the song, you know, basically – uh david virtually yeah yeah virtually yeah, right. yeah david was the one that kind of bridged this whole thing together and uh i knew of sword and i knew of rick but you know to actually put his voice in and hear the final product together it was uh very exciting yeah, yeah. and you know wow. I'm, not, I'm not like the biggest like thrash fan or anything like that mitch has been telling me the story of sword and you know megadeth was influenced by you know i feel like you know right. rick sword has really influenced a lot of those bands i mean david was this sort of like a dream collab in a way I mean, Rick and I have been buddies now for a few years. We've actually put a couple of records for him for Sword Out um, through my combat records. Um, <clears throat> but I'm definitely a fan. Um, and um, it's funny, we sat in his pickup truck. He was on, well, you're doing like a Harley ride or something, I think, right? Across the country. And he came through Phoenix and we sat down in his pickup truck um, at a at a Doubletree hotel here in Tempe. And he's like, dude, check out the new stuff. And where's, you know, Rick, Rick's the kind of guy you know, you go over to a guy's house and he's like, oh, dude, check out this solo. Blah, blah, blah. Man, yeah. wait for this drum part here, right? And I mean, Rick could sell you freaking, you know, ice to an Eskimo, man. It's like when you're, <laughs> in the, when you're in the room with Rick, he's like, you're like, I don't know if that's a good song, but he says it is. And I think it is. It sounds pretty good, you know? So, <laughs> um, so he's he's a great man. salesman on top of being a, a great lead singer. But um, yeah, I mean, I should probably let Rick tell the story because he told me some stuff even that I didn't know. Oh, cool. Um, being on tour with Motorhead, playing at the Hammersmith Odeon. That was actually a, a live record that we put out through Combat. Um, uh, I did not know that, that, Rick, you'd worked with Alice Cooper. And you told me a cool story that when Jason Newstead had just joined Metallica and they were coming across Canada to do the headlining tour of Master of Puppets, they specifically reached out to S.W.O.R.D. to be the support act. I was like, wow, major ka-ching cred in my book. So I'll let you tell these stories unless you'd rather me tell them. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was amazing. First of all, can, it, can anybody, everybody can hear me, right? Yeah. Because yes. yeah. Yeah. I'm always sweating bullets with those meetings. <laughs> <laughs> no, as long as you don't speak French, we can even understand you. Is that, that, was a good, that was a good choice of words, you have to admit. <laughs> I was. That was a good okay. intro. First and foremost, I want to say thanks, Jeff. It's an honor for me. I, I, I've, I've written it on, on many posts. I'm, I'm sure you saw it. And uh, just, just the way you, you've just reached out to me to say, hi, man, it's a, it's a great pleasure. It's a great honor. I'm a big fan of yours. I love you. your voice. I love your tone. I love your attitude. Thank you, man. Um, 
pleasure. Really well, we, we, we have to thank David for that one. Well, listen to this, Jeff. When he first reached out to me, <laughs> now, now it's your time to sweat bullets. <laughs> when he, when I, was I don't sweat bullets, I sweat tequila. Swords and tequila. I was talking about David because he, he reached out to me. I was, I was coming back from a show. Mm. And you remember, David, my, I was driving, so my girlfriend was answering your, oh, your message. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, 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 I do. Remember, so, remember. so she goes like that. She goes, oh, David, David Elfson is writing to you. He's <laughs> writing you. <laughs> yeah. Pay attention to when Jeremy Eyes writes. Eyes on the road. Eyes on the road, yeah. <laughs> she knows. She knows yeah. I'm starstruck with David Elfson. Rick, that's exactly like Mitch LaFon. Anytime David texts, ooh, David Elfson's texting me, Jeremy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what I do. It is. Wait a minute. He does the same with me. <laughs> and you know what? And, and, and David, you met my girlfriend, and, and, and she, she was... It was a great honor for you to, for her to meet you when we went to Phoenix there. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I was doing the, the Harley Davidson across yep. uh, Route 66 from Chicago all the way to Santa Monica, but we, we curved. <laughs> for Allison. And cut just, down. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody curves for Allison. Nobody curves for Allison. Yeah, exactly. Man, that yeah, was, one, one moment where they curved for Allison. That was a highlight. That was, that really was. was a highlight. Well, then your sister was there. Your sister's like yeah. a well-known singer, right? My sister is, is is one of the best female singer on the planet. I really mean that. I'm a big fan of her. Well, and, thank God you I, we use the word female in there because you said my sister is one of the biggest. Yeah. Female singers. <laughs> <laughs> you said my sister's one of the big male singers. We got a problem. <laughs> you never know. It could, it's it could happen, man. It could a whole happen. new category. Uh, anyways, that was that was something meeting you because when we left Chicago, it was really really cold on on the Harleys. It was yeah. uh, I, if I remember, was it in, in October or something? No, February. Oh my God! Anyways, yeah. we shouldn't we, you we got left. a snowmobile instead of a Harley? Yeah, like, <laughs> you <laughs> instead, Rick. Yeah, and, and the guy that the people that that were that were like um, accompanying us. Yeah. Excuse, excuse my French. I haven't done a, an English interview in a while. Okay. They said to us, they said, it's going to get warmer. It's going to get warmer. It's going to get warmer. But as soon as we curved towards Phoenix to go meet Mr. Helson, it got it got really warm. It got warm <laughs> as hell. <laughs> it's not like you called me Helson. Maybe that should be the new heavy metal name. I just yeah. Helson. Yeah, Helson yeah. works. That's a great album. Uh, yeah, right. Know? That's That's awesome. this, is how, this is how you know it's so funny we've done a song and we've never even all like hung out together in the yeah. room and and i think i can speak for all of us we hate phoning this shit in i mean i yeah. think we all it's just <laughs> not what we would prefer yeah. yet it's it's you know we it's just kind of the the world we live in um budgetary wise on a lot of things but um when making records and this stuff it, it's we'd always prefer to be in the room um and um you know um rick as you were sending stuff over and jeff and i, I mean literally right before we hopped on this i just got a dropbox from jeff on another song we're working on so <laughs> this is just the world we live in in our little yeah. Nice. Hit factory oh. world, you know, we're pinging shit over to Italy to Andy and it's going up to London to be mixed. And we're, you know, Jeff's in LA and I'm in Phoenix and it's just, and we don't, we, live we don't even blame it on COVID really. I mean, we, this is because we all live in different States, cities, even countries. Yeah. This is the way we have to work. We're forced to work this way yeah. uh, just by default. And luckily we have this technology. We have the, you know, the Wi-Fi and just everything that is available to us to, to be able to create this way. 
and I've, I've been doing this, oh my God, since back in the day when it was, we were still using cassettes as demos. I mean, I was in a band called Talisman since what, 1990. And we were sending stuff over from Sweden, like snail mail. It would be yeah. this technology came along. I'm like, Oh my God, imagine what we could have done if this was around then. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I, I just think of how expensive it would have been if it was 1990 to fly to Italy, <laughs> UK, all the studios. And absolutely. No. And, and we dealt with that. I mean, I, I would do my vocals on a crappy little four track studio. And, and, and once we got the, kind of the run of the uh, what we're going to be doing then i would fly because then i would know kind of what the program is i didn't have to spend a month or two to sit there and churn out the songs and create and carve them out yeah we knew what we were going to do once i arrived and that helped in in terms of okay we have to pay for a ticket got to get a hotel uh, everything that's involved in that this I'm, I'm done with a vocal i can go grab a snack and get on a treadmill it's great and then the <laughs> other thing is it's always like hey by the way can you make sure you sh record what you're while you're singing or while you're playing because then we can do playthrough videos which i think right. we're all pretty exhausted of the first yeah. <laughs> zoom playthrough videos but sometimes like look this is you know part part of it obviously covid yeah. lockdown which is kind of right. opening up at least for us here in america but but just in general, I mean, it, it's just kind of how this stuff is when you live in all these different parts of the world. Well, listen, you know, it's the same for seen. interviews, by the way. We used to have to go to the venue yeah. and hang out and right. blah, 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 and find the press. Yeah. yeah. Just hop on a Zoom. It's, it's, it's so much yeah. better. And it's funny, you know, with the Zooms now, it's like you can actually do it at a reasonable time and the artist in a reasonable place. And even you can right. even talk to people that you wouldn't necessarily get to talk to if it was in person. You know, it's like when Paul, you know, like Mitch, we interviewed Paul Stanley and Gene. We're not going to interview Paul and Gene in makeup backstage at the Bell Center. But if no. we got them on Zoom in the middle of a pandemic, oh, perfect. Yep. You know? Yeah. Worked out. Worked or you're dealing something. with local, local publicists that make you put all of your recording equipment in the middle of a 40 centimeter snowstorm all the way in your car, like 40 blocks away. <laughs> walk back to the, it's, ugh. And then oh, just so you a, know, when, when, we're, when we're on site, we're like trying to get the sound check. We're trying to warm up. We want to get something yeah. to eat. And then right in the middle of it, our publicist comes and says, hey, by the way, Jeremy and Mitch LaFon have that interview scheduled with you. are like, fuck those guys. What are <laughs> exactly. Those guys? Exactly. Exactly. Can you when I have them no off? We're going on stage soon. Yeah. Like, Even when I have nothing to do and Mitch LaFon's in the room, I'm like, fuck that guy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the, the number of times that Jeremy and I have been blown off at shows, you just go, really? We came all this way? Ugh. But anyway, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, since we're talking about a, a second song in a Dropbox, are we talking EP? Are we talking album? What is the, uh, the, the project here? Is it just two guys having fun or is it actually, let's make a band, let's David, get these songs no. out? You know, honestly, this whole little rodeo started. I had a little song last year and I um, it just I was in the studio and and Jeff's name came up. To, I, I came up, brought it up. I said, you know, what do you think? It was my friend John Eccolino who plays guitar and icon. He's got a huge studio here. In was it because you heard his UFO cover of Dr. Doctor? Is that what got you? Excited? No, it wasn't any of that at all. It's it. It's just Jeff is Jeff, you know, and and. Um, and I, so I, I hit Jeff. I said, Hey, can I just flip you a couple of bucks and just bang a vocal? I mean, you're a pro. I'm not, I don't, I don't like when people lean on me to just for do freebies and stuff. So that was just, that was where it started. And, and, and as we rounded the corner into this year, you know, Jeff and I started chatting again about, you know, let's, let's, you know, we're all locked down. We're shut down our, our years, you know, kind of in limbo. So we said, you know, you want to, you want to throw some more ideas around and, and we both agreed just to give it a go. And, um, you know, I don't know, there's 
15, 16 songs we've probably got in the works right now. Um, wow. And, 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 and some stuff that I think was pretty easy to go. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right up our alley. Um, and some things that I've thrown over to Jeff to go, I don't know. What do you think? Um, and, (laughs) and, you know, I, I, we're now we're at a place where I think rather than just kind of throwing random ideas, we're much more focused and specific about, you know, certainly what Jeff does, um, how he does it. I, I love writing for the singer. And I think always that it is what you do uh, as much right. as us guitar players get all noty and we get all into our, our, our shred them, if you will, you know, at the end of the day, the girls, the singer, the radio listener, whoever, you know, when the vocal comes in, that's when the story begins, whether it's Jeff or Rob. That Elf is true. Yeah. Dickens but then how do you, whoever, you know, let me ask you, how do you write for the singer though? Is it a lyric in your mind or is it a melody first? And with a Jeff, like a voice like Jeff's, it's like, are you thinking of his timbre of voice and how high of a register he can go? We're like, still kind of working that part out, you know, it's out, yeah. like, that, like Dave said, he had a bunch of songs, a bunch of ideas. It started with one where he kind of hired me to sing on it. Mm-hmm. When we when we started digging further into other songs, I I didn't feel right in taking any more money. It's like I don't want to take, I don't want to see this as a session. Let's do this as we're kind of partnering together and ma- creating songs for whatever right. reason or purpose oh. we're, they're going to end up. If we're going to get them to somebody else to record them, or they they're using something that we're doing in the future. It wasn't until we got like six or seven in, we're realizing, you know what, we, we're actually on to something that sounds like us. Doesn't sound like we're trying to write for somebody else. What I'm doing on this is actually sounding like something that's for me, like for my voice, it's kind of catered to my voice lyrically, et cetera. Hmm. And even when David's sending me a set of lyrics, I turn those lyrics into something that I can relate to, that I can correlate and and vice versa when he's sending me a piece of music i'm not saying yeah i don't know about this one maybe you should change and do that you know i take what he gives me with complete respect and i just do what i do to it and from there that's where we're kind of forming it's kind of the the flowers kind of blossoming and that's where we realized you know we started david started playing it to a couple friends in high places and from there we we started getting interest it's like you guys are onto something. I think you should follow through with it as not just a, a writing partnership. We should actually see where this goes. And so the whole Swords and Tequila thing was kind of thrown in. Hey, you know, we've always loved this song. We've always loved Riot. It's such a classic album, that that 40-year-old song, that 40-year-old album, such a classic that we decided to just make a cover of it. From that, Dave's wheels are always spinning. He's mm-hmm. always got some crazy concoction, what we can do to better it, uh, further it, take it somewhere else. And that's where Rick came into the picture because of course, swords and tequila, sword. It, it, it it's just started coming together so naturally and organically. And when I heard that version, I'm like, damn, this is fun. This is great. There's no, the world. there's no real, uh, we're, we're not really focused on anything except for, seeing how this develops together and from that it's it's turning into something real let me ask you this real quick you again dave you or david you said that you were writing for his voice and and to me jeff's voice is very melodic a lot of the Mm. stuff he does is very melodic he even joined journey for a while Mm. so is this your sort of coming out in the in the melodic rock world and sort of stepping away from thrash and metal and making a more melodic did you ask did you just ask him if this is david ellison's journey (laughs) no i didn't did I say that? David Hellefson. David Hellefson's yeah, yeah, journey. Yeah. Yeah. Start Hellefson. getting used to that. <laughs> yeah. um, no. Mitch, to your to your point, you know, I, I'm always 
writing stuff always. Um, and right. I think probably, you know, Megadeth had disbanded back in 2002 for a season. I started with a little group called F5. Yep. Um, and that was just a writing partnership. We just, they came up to me at NAM. I was working for PV at the time. I was doing artist relations for them. Um, kind of figuring out what the hell am I going to do with the rest of my life without my band now? You know, it's that moment that I think we all fear. Um, and I'd been in one group for tw almost 20 years. I'd grown up in that group. So my identity, my sound, thrash metal bass player you know what i mean there's kind of all these titles that go along with that and sort of what you're known to the world as and and as i you know stepped around doing different things modern rock you know modern metal and different things you know i, I could tell fans are looking at me going eh, yeah like cool but you know we don't want you to sound like disturbed you yeah know? we don't want yeah. you to sound like you know these other things and and so i think that was um and megadeth i think even went through that we had a record called risk which is probably taken more <laughs> bullets you know because i like I risk love, by the way i do too i think I it is. but what we learned from it is is when it hit when you know again when you when you buy a chevy you buy a mercedes right. you when buy you a, you want the brand you, want you don't want to buy a Coke it and have Pepsi is. in the bottle. I mean, it is. Yeah, exactly. Well, put, probably of the best Coke or Pepsi, you know? Right. So um, as even Jeff and I, as Jeff was in Journey, Megadeth did Risk. We've done these different things. The reality of it is, is there there is an identity that's brought back home to our names. You know, um, Jeff, certainly with with Ingve, um, me, you know, you know, thrash metal origins with with Megadeth. And with that said, um, we're respectful of that. And Jeff has his own solo career. He's got Sons of Apollo. I've got Megadeth. I've done He's got Soto. solo stuff, you yeah. know. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we decided with this too is that, you know, leave the Soto band over here, leave the Ellison band yeah. over here. Let's come together as, as just using our last names as a, and I think we both agree, we kind of have the Hughes Thrall, Whitford St. Holmes, Coverdale Page. You know what I mean? There's kind of this instant recognition. You don't have to like rebuild you know, a new band name or something. It's like, just be very, just be very transparent with it, you know? Yeah. And, and so what does it sound like if, you know, the guy from Megadeth and, you know, and Jeff's career, you know, Ellison Soda, we come together and I, and I think we're having fun defining that. And, and it's fun to explore it because we don't have to come in and just everything has to sound thrash right. metal and everything doesn't have to sound like the first Ingve record either. You know, we can, we, we, I'm not going to lie. We are kind of going there on some stuff and it's fun <laughs> because it's kind of the obvious. And I think we all go, yeah, that's yeah, funny. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you feel like know. a teenager again. It, it is. And it's, and it, look, when, when we, when we get excited in the room, you know, and Rick, you know, when you're writing with your band, when everybody's kind of lip curling, going, yeah, you know, you kind of know you're you're hitting the juice there. Yep. Um, but at the same time, um, it, this this has been fun for Jeff and I to explore, uh, you know, some, some different things that that aren't just probably atypical of, of what you would, would expect for us. And, um, you know, as as a friend had said to us even last week, you know, kind of just to to reiterate you know, when you want 10 great songs, you write 20 or 30 to get those 10, you know, and, and that's, that's part of, that's kind of the journey that we're on right now is, and I think you kind of using that word journey. What, what's going on with this journey? What is with this? It's, like, it's the cursed J word. Let's remove it. The only J's I want to hear from now on is Jeremy and Jeff. That's it. There you go. Pick up sticks. How about we yeah, but, 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 speed wagon doesn't fit into this. Let me ask you though. Do, do you get to stretch out the sound and, and and really experiment and start bringing in keyboards and loops and, and do all kinds of different stuff? Or do you still have to sort of stay within your lane and say, okay, 
You know, still melodic hard rock. Songs, one of the songs we that we were just talking about that uh, I just sent Dave a, a version of. I'm, I'm version 3.0 now. That I put <laughs> versions on on every new take yeah. that I send, so we don't get confused. Wait, which one is that one? You got to look at the the timestamp on that to know which one it is. <laughs> and you got to so, have this for the two CD box set. You know, at the deluxe that edition. Hey, you you need that for the deluxe edition. Very good. So yeah, and 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 this song is it's as stripped down and ballady and melodic as it gets it's almost at times almost a country flair to it it's it's completely out of my norm it's completely out of dave's norm but david i'm sorry it, but in general we are taking we're tapping into all the things that made us tick musically through our lives throughout our lives the things that we listen to that don't necessarily fit within the confides of what we do for a living our, our day job so to speak yeah. and this is where the joy of working together comes from is we can do things that we normally wouldn't be doing with soto with megadeth with sons of apollo and this has always been my credo this is what i stand for i'm constantly constantly wanting to live out my musical fantasies and my what's in my dna musically i don't want to just be typecast and stereotype as a particular kind of singer from day one with Ingbe, i wanted the rest of the world to know that i was into prince and earth wind and fire and all that stuff because all they're ever going to see me as is the guitar player singer who sings i'm a viking i need to make sure that i plant my seed as somebody who's able to not only to do all those things i don't want to ever be a uh, a master of all the trades, but I want to be a jack of all of them. I want to be able to do them and make them sound believable. And so I get to utilize all these different challenges and influences, and I get to bring them in even now to what I'm doing with David. And this, this is what's, this is what we fucking love about music. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. fact, it's funny with this song because I was in Nashville over the weekend, and Jeff was sending me this this uh, singing back. It was it was kind of a vocal melody I had I had just lined out. And as with everything, I say, Jeff, you're the singer, dude. I'm I'm the bass player. I'm just trying to sound like a singer here. I'm just kind of sketching an idea. And he sent it back. He goes, you know, it it, it sounds a little could be a little country, a little Nashville. And I was thinking, you know, because I grew up, you know, you know kid from the farm in minnesota i grew up around country so when i go to nashville and i see like you know the opry land on tv i was like oh my god this reminds me as a kid you know growing up watching <laughs> that stuff and it is in my dna and i you know i can be a little square sometimes in that and just like you know i i kind of bring in a little more motown i kind of bring in a little more r&b and you mind if i bend this note and really jump <laughs> up a half step and musically just hitting some stuff and going you know you're 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 totally right and 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 to me you know, the, our mutual friend, Al Petrelli, who Jeff gets to perform with, with Trans-Siberian Orchestra um, every year, you know, Al and I would have these same conversations in the back of the bus, you know, we'd be talking about how singers are counting in halftime and like working on these vocal, you know, vocalizing stuff, you know, to really dig deeper into the, even the, the backing vocal stuff when he was in Megadeth with me. And it's just great when you get these collaborations with with people that, you know, as long as we've been doing this stuff, you know, you, you always have to remain teachable mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah. also being able to, you know, to have your peers. I mean, we're all kind of about the same age, but we've had different experiences. And for someone to, you know, to come in, um, you know, I know for me in my world to, to say, hey, how about if we kind of take it over here and. Yeah, I give everybody complete liberty to do that stuff. You know, sometimes you hear some things you're like, listen, I'm really pretty defined. I want it like this, but I love my, my thing is you bring in the best people 
to be their best and do what they do. Let them Hallelujah. do what they do. You know, why Amen. bring in the best guy and then try to hold him down exactly. here? It's like bring well, the best guy because all boats rise and you get better. You know, it just seems like you guys are having fun. And I mean, you know, you're collabing with Rick Hughes on this for this awesome song available now, uh, Swords and Tequila. You know, you're talking about having different influences, the different genres, kind of like blending them all together. I mean, you know, David, you're friends with Post Malone. Are we going to get a Post Malone collaboration in this hmm. thing or what? Well, maybe we maybe. Should, what 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 song could we have him? We got swords, tequila. Do we need he's like the beer pong guy. We should probably get some, <laughs> something over there. Well, That's you know, his deal. Kofi <laughs> just did this country thing for um, Matthew McConaughey's got a, a charity for Texas right now. And he just right. did two songs, full blown country band, like in LA in a studio. And yeah. it, it was right. legitimate country. It was awesome. Yeah. So it's like the dude can do everything. You guys are more than versatile musicians to do anything you want. Yep. And at this point in your career, I think it'll be credible. So. <laughs> well, it, I love that with Post that, you know, he's a young guy sort of defined, you know, with those first couple records as this sort of hip hop guy. Very much had his own sound, um, a very yeah. identifiable sound that people are now copying. Um, but then very quickly said, hey, I'm going to do Nirvana and yep. I'm going to do country. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so kind of like what Jeff was saying. You know, in our careers, the timelines, because we would sign these multiple album record deals and there would be sort of this artist development process. You know, Post lives in a world where artist development is like TikTok. You know, it's, you, got, you got 15 seconds for this this phase of your career and your next TikTok. And literally artists, you know, major labels are signing artists off of TikTok right now, yeah. giving big deals. Yes. I mean, Addison Ray was just on Fallon the other night and... Yep. So, I mean, this is a real world that we live in um, yeah. of, of where things happen. So, um, can I know. just say I'm impressed that you know who Addison Ray is? Yeah. <laughs> hey, come on, man. I, I do have a TikTok account. I think I have like four followers, but you know, it's, it's just Listen me doing the... a golf shot. I, I got I got to get a TikTok, but, you know, my daughter's in TikTok. Listen and, to the 26 year old uh, taking on the, the yeah. adults in the room. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, Come on. Yeah. But by the way, the world we live in. Yeah. I will say this since we're talking about collaboration with Jeff's yeah. voice, if you could get a sort of tower of power thing going behind it, I think that would be stunning because Jeff doing that whole funk thing would be fantastic. Well, I'm working on that with somebody else already. So it's good I, because it's perfect. It, I, I love that world. I love that. Yeah. Like you, like I said earlier, that earth, wind, and tower fire, of power, tower man. power, yep. um, Commodores, all that early 70s, mid 70s stuff. That's, that's, where I was really soaking in the music. That's where, and even when I, I started singing rock, maybe I'm going to say about four years before I got the Yngwie gig. So it wasn't really deep in my DNA mm -hmm. just yet. Luckily I was absorbing the, the Dio and the Dickinson side because literally, and I, I say recently, people are asking me what influence you needed those first few Yngwie albums. I was only 18, 19 years old. I didn't have that voice yet. <laughs> So mm -hmm. all I was doing, I was emulating Dio and Dickinson, or I thought I was. By doing that, I thought I, at least I could sell the idea that I'm a metal singer and I could sound like that. I could do that. And I love that stuff. Mm. But from that, I was starting to really kind of form my world. as I was Because my world came from, like I said, from soul, R&B, everything from Stan Cook to Steve Perry to Freddie Mercury to uh, you, na you name it from back in the day. Mm. So now I needed my role models to, to kind of carve me and create me into the, uh, the metal world. And that's, that's where it all started for me. But then I started going, Hey, what happens if you mix it up? And that's where the people I was working with, ah, I don't want that. I don't want the R and B stuff. I don't want that soul stuff mixed in here. You got to go do that somewhere else. And I did. And, yeah. and because I did, I challenged myself to just bring in every world that makes me tick 
that I love to listen to and make sure that it's part of my what I deliver as a singer. What about well, you? Jeff, you sang in an awesome band called the Boogie Nights. That were like very, <laughs> they were awesome. I remember going to see you guys and you played at a bar called Gibson's here in Tempe. Right. And, and, and everybody had wigs. I remember you opened with, uh, what is it, Inferno? Just going go Inferno. Inferno. I'm like, dude, that freaking, and the, remember the bass player was killing it. And yeah. it's funny, it's probably around the Megadeth Risk era. I think we did a show. We did a private party for JVC over in, in uh, Vegas, and we were on probably a Southwest flight flying from Vegas over to L.A. And you were on the flight. I remember you're all dapper in your suit. You got a, a briefcase. And, you know, here I am in Megadeth, probably what would be considered the dream. And I look at Jeff and go, that fucking guy's got it going on, man. This guy's walking in, open the mic, Dude, sing it, take the cash. I, off he goes, man. I made more money than a than doctors made when I was in the Boogie Nights. We we yeah. were killing. Yeah. And we yeah. were just doing 70s disco covers, but we were doing it in a certain way, kind of. We were the Steel Panther of that of that yeah. kind of vibe, that era. Wow. And we were doing, our shows were like rock shows. They were packed wall-to-wall people. It was a proper rock show. And we would actually bust in the rock stuff during the show. And it was, it was just such an amazing Great. amalgam of rock with uh with disco and with the with the afros and the polyester it was real it was a lot of fun i'll be honest i I, I, I love that music and i gotta be honest i I just brought this up the other day the reason i jumped into that because right around the 90s when the whole 80s scenes just the grunge scene happened i was not into that scene at all but it it seemed like i don't i don't know where my place is musically anymore i need to do something while i'm waiting to find it or refine it or rediscover it and Boogie Nights was my avenue where I can just kind of lie low, but I was raking it in, man. I made so much yeah. money with that band. We had a nice disco suit. inferno. I remember that. Yeah, it was. I, awesome. I can't picture you just on stage like belting out car wash though. Like, <laughs> dude, it was killer. It was so good. I can. Man. I um, swear to God, it was so. You gotta, good. you gotta look it up on YouTube. There's a Boogie Nights promo video. Nights with a K. Oh, look up yeah. the Boogie Nights promo video, and man, you you'll see the essence of what we were doing. It was. We were killing. Hey, now wait. So was it you? Was it was uh, were some of the Steel Panther? Because it was like you guys, Atomic. Punks, they all right? started. You guys were kind of yeah. all interchangeable guys, yeah. right? Or in, to some degree. Um, Ralph was part of that. Uh, actually, before I joined the actual Boogie Nights, because we had like six or seven, maybe even ten sister bands. Uh-huh. One was Disco Inferno. The other ones uh, Aphrodisiacs. I was in a version called a Polyester Pink. <laughs> We were all we, we were all part of the same organization, and my bass player from the Polyester Pimps was. Lexi or Travis, whichever one you know him as, yeah. bass player for Steel Panther, and the drummer Darren, who sticks it in you, he was our drummer. So all of those guys, <laughs> that's actually where Steel Panther came from. They were part of that organization. They said, I wonder what if people would be into a metal version of the Boogie Nights, and they called it Metal Shop. From yep. there, it turned into Metal School. Yeah. School. Steel Panther. I remember F five. We opened for uh, we opened for uh, metal school on the at the Roxy. It was a Monday night. I mean, the Sunset Strip was dead. dead. Once Nirvana in Seattle happened, the Sunset Strip was gone. Dead. I mean, just gone. And and metal school was the only thing going on on a Monday night. I remember F five. We did a show uh, opening opening for them. And and it's so funny the years later. I mean, so look, the takeaway I think is if you if you want to have cred being a metal band, but if you want to have money, sing disco. Man. <laughs> Rick, when are you going to go join the Boogie Wonder Band at the casino? <laughs> well, you know, uh, 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 Rick does the American, uh, what is it, American Songbook or, or American, oh, American, American Story Show. Yeah, you know, it's fantastic. Not, yeah, it really is. We did like 300 shows in a couple wow. of years. And then we wow. did American Story Show 2, the Woodstock yep. years. So 
That was that was cool too. But is that based I, in Quebec? I hear, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's based in Quebec, country. and they they do all the Americans like all the great hits, and it's fantastic. Wow. And, and and what's the name of the lady that sings with you? Because she's a, she's a superstar. Kim Richardson. Yeah, Richardson. She's great. But, but, Fuck, she's great. Just to uh, continue on what David and Jeff were saying, I I totally agree with you guys, especially when you said. Once you sign a contract with a label to do a type of album, right, right. you're kind of typecast for yeah. that, that time you're doing those yeah. albums. But on my part, my, uh, I'm, I'm a big Zeppelin fan. Okay, let's just take Zeppelin and what they've did throughout their career. If you, <laughs> career, you silly wabbit, you're going to wound my career. <laughs> wasn't that, wasn't that, Wesley Wabbit? Yeah, yeah. Fudd that said that, you Elmer silly Fudd. wabbit. You silly wabbit, you're going to wound like a whip. No, but seriously, let's look at, let's just look at Led Zeppelin 1 and, and, and through the outdoors. I mean, these are my idols. These are my heroes. Yeah, I love metal, but I love the blues. Yeah. I, love, I love pop. I love um, hard rock. I love, I mean, Zeppelin were never heavy metal. You right, know, right, right. You know who said that to me? Robert Plant. Yeah. I'm not kidding you. I met Robert Plant. He said he's not heavy metal. I swear to God. Zeppelin's David, not heavy metal. David, I was I was in a, I was in London and somebody said to me, I was doing a video for Sword. Somebody said to me, Robert Plant's here right now. He's doing his video. He was doing the video for Tall Cool One. Remember that? Great song. That's a great song. Cover so, that one, folks. So I was waiting for him, and then I, I took the elevator. He was there on, on, a, on a public phone because I was in the early 90s. No, no cell phone. He didn't have that brick there. <laughs> he was on the phone. Jeremy, I'll explain public phone to you I'm, after. <laughs> I'm well aware. <laughs> so so I, I, I got to meet him. You know, one-on-one, -on -one, I, I waited for him to finish his call, and I started to talk to him, and I said, Mr. Platt, I need to talk to you. I, I'm your biggest fan. I, I'm in a metal band called Sword. He and said, he didn't run? <laughs> I was in London. I said that to him. He, he responded, Led Zeppelin was never heavy metal. I swear to God. You, wow. know, what I you know what I said to him back? After? What? I said, hmm, I beg to differ, sir. Communication <laughs> breakdown 1968, to me, is the birth of heavy metal. You know what he said? He said like he had a sword in his hand and he went, touche. <laughs> so my point is a singer sings, you know, if it's Tower of Power, if it's gospel, if it's country, if it's hard rock, if it's metal, if it's heavy metal, if a singer is really into his heart, his heart, <laughs> his art, it doesn't matter what type of music it is. It's the hardcore fans that yeah. it's the limit, it seems to me. Yeah. Because I I sang on a on a gospel album, Montreal Jubilation Gospel Choir, my sister and I. Trevor Payne. Wow. Trevor, Trevor Payne. Payne. Trevor Payne. 50 black singer, five or six white singer. My sister and I were part of that. And wow. I was in a metal band. So sometimes I would do interview and they would go. It doesn't compute. <laughs> yeah, you sing in a metal band, like about the devil, and you sing in a church with a, with a jubilation gospel choir. 
Right. Why? I said to him, because I can. That's yeah. why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's yeah. why. Because a singer sings. Doesn't matter, man. Give me blues. Give me rock. Give me pop. Give me anything. It's the same All answer. Right. Why does a dog lick his balls? Exactly. <laughs> because he can. Sing me a song. You're a singer. Come on. You know what I think we should do? I think we should, Rick, we should have you like recite lyrics. And because there's these double entendres, like you just said, in his heart, in his art, right? right. You could like write down, there could be two different albums worth of lyrics because of your accent, which is so. I have the Quebecois version. Lyrical and melodic. It is like, I thought he said that. Are you sure that's what he said? Well, I don't know. I'm going to sing it this way, right? But we can only use him in the new band, Hellopson. Yeah, yeah. Ellison, exactly. <laughs> what the hell is this? And let's not forget the ladies, they love the accent. Oh, they yeah. do. And, they and do. I'm not, and I'm not even trying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, this is great. This is awesome, man. See? Um, this is David, great. David, you, was, yes. you asked me a question earlier and I didn't answer it about, about Metallica. Yeah. We were back then, uh, back in the days, Sword, we just released Metal Eyes and, right. and we had really, really good critics on it. Uh, everybody was, was saying, this is a good album. This is something to, uh, and, and we, as a band, were always together. We had a car, we called it mm. the Swordmobile. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was a big Thunderbird 1977. Remember those cars, how big they was? Sure, so we yeah. were in the car yeah. and we had the, we had, Dave, David, I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not licking your balls. We had. <laughs> Thank you. Megadeth. We had Megadeth. really appreciates that. <laughs> Thank you. That'll be for the video. Yeah, shoot. You listen to Megadeth and we're on the PCLs tour driving around listening to Stoned again on Metal There you go. Yeah. We That's were awesome. listening to Megadeth yeah. and to Metallica's Master of Puppet. Right. And it was a tape player and it was like this. Flung, 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 flung. Hmm. We, yeah. A side, B side, so A side, B yeah, side, right. all day, all day. So I'm home, the phone rings, it's my manager. And he goes, Rick, are you sitting down? I says, why? He says, because you need to sit down for this one. And, and that's when he announced that Metallica reached out to us. So we would do a, a, a leg of the tour of Master of Puppets. Yeah, so we great tour. Wow. Us. Oh, cool. And it was postponed twice. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, no COVID uh, then. No, no, it was postponed twice because um, um, you know, Cliff, 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 Cliff yeah, right. That's the first thing, and yeah. then, and then it was postponed because James broke an arm while he was skateboarding. Remember that? Right, right, right. yeah. So, yeah. So we finally did it, and and what, what, uh, what I remember the most about that tour is the sadness in the eyes of those guys because they had yeah. just lost cliff they yeah. had just lost him it, it was like three four months after and they were starting with jason and jason was in the dressing room like like you know like he was wow. he was there but he was half there you know mm. and the rest of the guys when i was talking one-on-one with james he was always referring to that he was i don't want to get too personal because it was a personal conversation but it's worth it's worth hearing. He was telling, I was, we were talking about music and we'd go, so uh, you guys be careful like, on the road. It's, it's very dangerous. And I said, oh yeah, I'm sorry about your friend and your, your brother. And he go, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And then we'd talk about music and then we'd go, so be extra careful. You know, if you go and there's an icy road, he would always come back to that, oh, you know? Wow. Guys, it was, the, the, it was still fresh and, you know, and yeah. that's, 
that's what in life with anything you, know, you even as yeah. something as minor as getting pulled over for a, a you know a traffic infraction or something that you're doing breaking the law in the car yeah. all of a sudden your your senses are heightened again oh I, I better not do that rolling stop i better not go over the speed limit and you do that for a while that that kind of stays with you as something like that is so big it stays with you for a long time probably still with them after all these yeah. years yeah it's a uh, it's a traumatizing event yeah. right so one thing's for sure, I, I don't want to much emphasize on this because there was some very, very cool parts where they, they were having fun, we're having fun with them too. But that's what I remember the most, the yeah. sadness, because yeah. they, the show had to go on, you know? Yeah. You see, this, this, this is like the worst case scenario when they say the show yep. must go on. I had to sing one night, when my, the day my mother died, I yeah. had to sing that night. I had to. It was in my contract, and uh, I could have been replaced, but my mom said, never get replaced. If yeah, you yeah, have to yeah. do a show, do it. So I stayed with her all day, and the night I went and sang, you know? The show had to go it's on. Happened, yeah, three years ago happened to me. The very first Sons of Apollo show ever. The very first show we were doing, my brother died that afternoon. Whoa. And Rather. so, oh. and, and yeah. we, I mean, we we rehearsed, we get, we're ready for it. We're on the cruise. We are on the, uh, the cruise to the edge, which is, you know, basically right. the, the rock people. Yeah. And the very first show that we were ever going to perform together, I had to go up there and kind of put it to the side. And of course, once I mentioned it or brought it up, even just a smidge, I just, it, it brought me down, but you, that's where, that's where, when you have a band like that, or a, when you have bands, uh, brothers, like you have in sword or like, David has so many years with Mustaine. And you, when you have that unity, that's where you know you're not alone. That's where you know they're going to they're gonna keep you together and you're going to get through it together. And I'm, I'm sure Metallica, they, they relied on each other so much more then than any other time of their lives or their careers together. It was that moment that, to kind of, you know, move forward together. Yeah, and let's not forget, as, as a highly trained professionals, <laughs> my favorite place to be on planet earth is on a stage on a stage and, yeah with my music musician friend and a live audience that's yeah. my favorite place in life yeah right 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 after it's the studio but live with musicians and and you know getting energy people yeah yeah, yeah. Look, on, on the stage is like this place you can't be touched Right. Yeah. It's like no one can get to you on that stage, just you and, and, and your bandmates. And you're right. It is this um, this very personal you know, space that and, and, it, and you're right. No matter what you've been through, <laughs> when you when when the chips are down and when the chips are up, of course. But when 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 there are those struggles, it, it is great to be with, you know, you kind of look around and you go, you know, I've been with these guys longer than I've been with anybody in my life. You right. know, I, I've been with Dave longer than my own family at home, um, yeah, my true. family here in Arizona, anybody, you know what I mean? I mean, he and I have been, we've been together before marriages and kids and, you know, and everything else. And, and uh, you know, the, the ages that we met really young like that. I remember, you know, my mom, we were playing um, Carolina Rebellion, <coughs> excuse me, in um, North Carolina. I got the phone call to go home. It was on Mother's Day to fly home. They, they called me and they said, hey, we need to prepare end of life care for your mom. I'm like, what? Like, where did this call come from? Literally, yeah. my hand was on the door of a church. I was walking in to see some friends and that call comes in. I'm like, what the heck? And yeah. uh, so I flew home and um, and it was interesting because the, the, my mom's doctor was also a, a, a nun. Um, and we grew up Lutheran kids, so I don't know why she 
why there was a you know a random Catholic nun in the mix yeah but anyway it was but she said she goes we need to let your mom go home and see the lord she suffered enough let's let her go i'm like wow all right well now you put it like that you're right let's let's do it you know and and um so I remember I sent Dave and everybody an email and I said, Hey, listen, I got the word, you know, we're going to Europe. This is the beginning of the dystopia tour, you know, big album, big, big run. I said, listen, I don't know if you want to have a backup bass player. I'd be prepared to cancel shows. Da, da, da. And it's funny in Dave's confidence, he just said, God's got this one. It's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. You know what I mean? And just as, yeah. as the leader of the organization, as a friend to me, as a man of faith that he is, he just said, he goes, it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. It'll like, and sure. And it's so weird. I broke my foot at backstage in Budapest at the last three shows. I broke my foot and Dave's like, that's it. We're going home. Like you can't be on. I said, I'll play. He goes, you can't play dude. It's hmm. like you, you're, 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 we're not taking a chance. Go home. So we went home <clears throat> and it's interesting in that, transition then my mom you know uh i i had flew up to minnesota and, and she she passed and i got to be there with her and literally 10 days later we're in south america on tour and and it is i remember there were moments i'd be on stage and and just you know having thoughts of my mom you know like almost tearful thoughts yeah and yeah yeah memorable thoughts and and you know you're rocking you're melting ten thousand faces with freaking holy wars and you're thinking about <laughs> your mom you know what i mean and it's those <laughs> moments but it was it was weird it's like you know dave he knew me, he knew my mom, he knew the situation. And, you know, again, as the leader just said, nah, let's keep moving forward. We're not stopping for this. This, this will all fall into place, you know, and, and yeah. it, it is, it's great when you've got that camaraderie, like you said, you know, some of these bands we've, we've grown up with, with, with our bandmates, Rick, you and sword. I mean, my gosh, you guys have been around. My brother plays drum. Like what? 80, 81. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys have been around a long time. Yep. So it's like, we get to grow up in these, in these, settings that are are bigger than the music you know absolutely absolutely so it's very cool and and yeah and that's very that's honorable and admirable of you know because you of all of us sitting here you you have the longest history with one person with one band mm -hmm. and that's that's always something i dreamed of i i always i actually used to get hit up a lot people would criticize me because i was maybe jumping ship from one band and jumping sounds and i was doing so much of that jumping around trying to not necessarily find myself. Hmm. I knew what I wanted to do. I just was never really surrounded by people who wanted to follow that vision of let's do everything. Let's do everything that's and the kitchen sink. I've always wanted, I want, I always wanted a queen. I always wanted right. a kitchen sink right. band and yeah. never had one. And that's what kept me floating around and bopping around and trying different things. But a lot of, a lot of that course, a lot of that time, people were saying, you know what, you would have a much more structured career and name for yourself if you just stuck to one thing and you stayed the course. And I tried, man. Trust me, I tried. I was in bands where I was just going, okay, this will be the one. And then I'm like, hey guys, what do you think we do? No, nah, that's not us. I'm like, oh, damn it. Okay, bouncing. See you later. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it and now it's par for the course. Now it's so standardized that you see somebody like myself or David or uh, Mike Portnoy, we're just jumping around and bopping around to different things because now at this point of our lives, at this stage of our lives, we can actually start pursuing all those things that we were missing or the things that we wanted to do. And that, that's, that's pretty much the essence of how to describe what, what I'm doing here with David. We're just doing something that clicks and sounds great for what we want to do together. And that's why we're doing it. 
Yeah. And it, it really is all fluid in 2021. You know, it's like even in radio, it's like, you know, five years ago, it'd be like, oh, you're not allowed to be seen in photos with right. any other radio announcers from any of our competition. But now you go to a bar or something when you're no. allowed, you go to a bar and you get a photo with, you know, somebody, a buddy, a radio buddy, and people just see, oh, it's just radio people. Yeah. You know, so of course, every time you do your podcast, you get a PD, Jeremy, that says you're off brand. You're ah. off. <laughs> yeah 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 jeff scott soto singing for journey definitely off brand <clears throat> and I you know and, I, I, but yet but yet we not worked together because he was in the boogie nights i mean that's the yeah exactly. boogie nights in Ingve. i mean come <laughs> on it. there's there's the two spectrum come on that's it's, my prime it's, example that's my prime example of everything being fluid now it doesn't matter yeah. people don't nope. see genre people don't see metal or rock or pop it's just for me, I, it's just music, you know? And, and I, the reason I got the Journey gig, I mean, when I started, I, I met Neil Sean because we were doing a band called Soul Circus together. Yep. But when we were jamming or just rehearsing, I would I did a little keyboard segment on the show. Mm-hmm. And I, I would do like a little medley of Journey songs. He said, I don't want to do any Journey songs in the set. So I said, "What do you mind if I do it? And I would toy around. I knew every song. He was like, man, you know, I could go deep into their catalog because that was my life, that... That singer, that Steve Perry was so deep rooted mm-hmm. into my DNA that when I was in the band with Neil, I could, I was kind of like, this is cool. I get to show off. I get to like show yeah. the man himself that where, where I came from, what he gave to me musically and, and inspired and, and influenced and everything. And so from that, it stayed in the back of his brain that when Steve Jerry was having his issues vocally and mm-hmm. it, what, what are the choices? We cancel the tour and we all, everybody goes home because it was a package tour with Def Leppard. It means they lose, the fans lose, mm-hmm. uh, the Live Nation, everybody involved loses. Or we get somebody to step in that knows the songs, can display the songs as they're supposed to sound, yep. as close as possible. Yeah. With no rehearsal, with no stopping. We, I literally jumped on a plane, landed on a day on their day off, and the next day I wasn't singing Journey songs in front of 22,000 people. It was exactly that. No, I, There's no, <laughs> I'm not, you know, so that was really—it was your soft audition. Come on. No, but I—I I, I I saw Jeff with Journey. I, I saw Jeff with Journey at the at Saratoga Springs at the SPAC there, and and it was fantastic. It was it was it was a great evening. I mean, first of all, anything at the SPAC is fun. It's just a great venue. Yeah. And and then you know, it was perfect. So, and and that's you know that's basically where I get to shine as a vocalist by being able to show that I'm more than just a Malmsteen. I'm a Viking singer, or or even showing even if I was <laughs> only doing Boogie Nights before my official career that i'm yeah. more than just a 70s disco guy i want to show the world that i followed the footsteps of somebody like freddie mercury that i want to dabble into everything because i love everything yeah cool. yeah exactly yep well i agree well gentlemen this was fun almost an hour i was expecting to get maybe 20 minutes and here we are <laughs> this is great on, you're talking to a bunch of self-centered musicians with yeah it's yeah. one more, none of us, one more thing about none of us me. has anything to say. <laughs> one more thing about me. Yeah, one more well, thing about me. Oh, did I tell you a little more about me? You know. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about you, please. <laughs> no, the, the right. funny thing is, in these kind of settings, it is cool. Is 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 it's not a, a, a me fest, you know, yeah. because we've all been around those, and it, it there's there's a nice respect, and then probably there's some of that just comes with age, and we've been. Whoops, oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot to put my phone on. Do not disturb. I'm like, but that's the thing, too. We have so much history between and amongst each other. It, it naturally happens when somebody tells a story. 
Um, it, it naturally sparks another story. It, it inspires you to bring up something that's kind of similar or something within the realm of what that person's saying. And we all have 25 of those for each one that that person's telling. And, and, and I, dig, I digress. Yeah. The same thing happened when I, the very first time I met Ozzy Osbourne was in somewhere in the nineties. I was on tour with Talisman and I was in Sweden and they, they just performed. We hung out with them after the show at the, uh, at the hotel bar and Ozzy was sitting at, he was basically the head of the table for every story that any one of us had. He had five similar or worse versions of, <laughs> and it was amazing because one person can say something and he would jump in and say, Oh, I remember when this happened. It just, it's a natural thing. So you can imagine the amount, the amount of years of stories that even, you know, yeah. David and I have, or that Rick have, or, or, or that Mitch even has, but you know, interviewing all these people, Jeremy, you, you, you don't even know what underwear are. Uh, so <laughs> general, I have to explain the actually, A side B side to him later. <laughs> <laughs> God Almighty! The cassette. The cassette. Yeah. yeah. Well, we should and do this again. again. We should do this again, and we'll just Jeremy, like we'll just tell stories. An album. There you go. This we'll is an album. Stories. It's vinyl. <laughs> Hold on. Let me show you the greatest album of all time. Here you go. It's this one, ladies and gentlemen. That's that, right. That is the best album of all time. Just gonna put that there. I'm gonna let that I would stay. probably go Van Halen one, but I, at least we're on the same. Yeah, I'm more, a, di I'm more a Diamond Dave kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I think anybody over forty is. Hey Rick, when is the uh, when is the Sword album coming out? Uh, well, listen, of course the the pandemic uh, slowed has, it down, has, uh, has has put all our plans down. So yeah, we're, we've uh, with David we've we've released uh, one uh, single and uh, mm -hmm. that I'm sure you all heard mm -hmm. command. So um, we're looking forward to it. I mean, probably uh, this year, I, but I don't know when. I really, you should ask David, by the way. Yeah, yeah we'll ask the CEO. Hey, uh, CEO. Ask the man behind <laughs> me who does all the CEO. work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the man behind kidding. the cart. <laughs> we got to ask the HR guy. I'm just kidding. David's got his own stuff to to, yeah. to, to manage, but uh, we're, we're, we're anxious for the album to come out. It's it's ready. It's loaded. Yeah. It's ready to go. And you're back yeah. doing shows. I see on Facebook you're doing shows on the weekends in Quebec and stuff. So that must yeah. feel great to be back out nice. there. Yeah, well, he's doing he's doing hotel shows. So they put him in there and people are on the balcony in the hotel. Oh, right. It's 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 actually kind of fascinating, right? I mean, right, Rick? I mean, you you yeah. they, they I, check into their room and then they open the door and they watch you play it down in the and for the first and for the first time since a year and a, a year, I've played in front of two audiences live audiences where they were all um socially distanced socially distanced with mask and and i and and i never even considered how it would feel because i'm the kind of guy that goes into it and then i deal with whatever i'm mm -hmm. i'm talking. and you know what the ambiance was perfect people yeah. were That's having awesome. fun they had their mask on we didn't i didn't care and they were cheering like crazy. We had three encore. I mean, I mean, people wow. are very anxious to get together. We want to rock. Sure. <laughs> Twisted yeah. Sister was right. I want to rock. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to blow smoke up David's ass really quickly here. Uh -oh. And uh, another reason why it's such a joy, it's, such, it's so easy to work with him, is because he is on top of his game. He could He could be juggling... 50 things at once and he's on top of every single one of them i could text him in the middle of 
dealing with the sword release or dealing with something that they're planning with Megadeth or whatever. And he'll get back to me right away. And it's on point. Everything is so detailed and perfectly organized. And I love that about where I love that. I, I'm that kind of person myself, except for recently. And I apologize to him because I'm literally just juggling 50 hats. And sometimes I don't get to things as quickly as I want to do. But uh, I love working with somebody who's so organized and so on top of everything that he's actually committed to. And he's committed to this. And I, I, I put absolute trust in David and everything that we're doing together. It's one of the reasons I'm, I really love working with him. Yeah. Perfect. Uh -huh. Thank you, guys. Uh -huh. That was so sentimental. Yeah. I like no, appreciate this it. This has and, been and, like uh, an, uh, an episode of Oprah today. It's been, yeah. <laughs> it's been a love fest. There's a prize under your seat. Yeah, I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you get a CD. You Thank get you, a Jeff. CD. I appreciate that. I appreciate one, your one, kind words, man. One thing's for sure is that knowing David Elson, Elfson, and now it's Elfson. Yeah, now it's Elfson. <laughs> this is what I'm saying about Rick. This guy hey, like guys. writes these lyrical. There's like a there's. We thought it was awesome. one story. Now it's another. And, and this is only speaking in English. Yeah. Wait till we go to I French. Was, oh my God! Come yeah. on. Next, it's was, gonna be it's gonna be a health soda. I was, about to give, I was about to give you a compliment, by the way. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. Pulling it back. Pulling it no, back. You know what I wanted to say? I wanted to say you are a role model for us, David. You really are. Thank you, Rick. Thank, Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Thank Merci you. Bien. Because you've Thank been you, there. You've been there. And, and you're there. And when you and, and when you're with us, when you're with me, when you talk with me, you you reassure me. You're 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 a strong guy, man. You really are. Thank you, dude. A rock. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You are it's good rock. to have somebody like that in your life, you know. Yeah, must be these Lutheran roots. Who knew? Uh, Protestants Mitch. were onto something. Mitch, you're <laughs> my David Ellison. I am. I know. We'll hold hands later virtually. Uh, well, I'm 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 in the, I'm in the company of giants. So believe me, it's just, all boats rise, man. We there you go. So yep. Rough. All right, well, Ellison Soto, big new single, uh, Swords and Tequila available now, and look out for this big record at some point. I mean, it's it's going to happen. You guys got, you said, what, 30-some songs in the works? You're going to bring it down yeah. to an album, hopefully. Yeah. And our, our goal here is to kind of be, you know, we're really deep in the writing right now, and the goal yeah. is, is, you know, by May 1st or so, to really have a good picture of the lay of the land, you know, and then from yeah. there, you kind of start trimming the things out that maybe don't fit, and you start to really find the heart and soul of it. So, you know, we're, we're, we're in it right now. I mean, we are really deep in the stride right now of the writing Perfect. and, and great. the rating. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. This was great to see you again, David. Nice to see you again. Great. Soto. You, Rick, Good I'll see you on Facebook. Maybe I'll go to a show at some point. Thank you, guys. <laughs> All right, Rick, everybody. And, and we apologize yeah. to Jeremy and Mitch for not being able not giving them the podium to ask any questions. So we <laughs> maybe next time. My favorite kind of interview. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> no heavy lifting. It's perfect. Of tequila takeover. Yeah. 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 Bonsoir, right. tout le monde. Bonsoir. Cheers. Bonsoir. Bye. See you later. It was a pleasure, guys. Thanks. Thanks. See you, Rick. See you. See you, Jeff.